of each guy. Keith is the leader. He's the heart. And uh, Mick is just the best front man in the world. I mean that in the nicest possible way. I think he's the best thing on stage in the world. Apart from probably James Brown when he was younger. I mean, actually working an audience. You know, 50, 60,000 people. Just standing in front of three guitar players or two guitar players and a bass player and, and, and singing. Mick is the best thing in the world I think, I've ever seen. And Ron? Ron is a soloist and uh, he's a very nice humour. He's very comfortable to be with. He's a very nice man, really. He's, he's funny and you need that type of thing, I think. Your role in the band, you talked about Mick and Keith and Ron. What's Charlie's role? I don't know. I mean, I always consider myself a drummer, you know? And uh, so that's to keep the time and help everybody else do what they do, you know? I don't really like solo-type things, drums and that. I mean, it's... I, I do sort of solo records, but they're, they're sort of jazz-type things, you know, uh, and I do them because I don't do that with the Rolling Stones. But what, what I do with them, I don't really know. I never look at myself like that. You don't look at yourself as just a drummer. I do, yeah. I, I read one story, true or not, that, that Mick had referred to you as the drummer in the band, and you... Knocked on his door and in no, no, certain uh, terms. No, no, no. He used to to annoy me. He referred to him as me as his drummer, and at one time he used to annoy me because I always thought he was my singer. In a way, that's right. Yeah, you're, they're both right, aren't they? That's what I mean. <laughs> so it was just something that annoyed me at the time. Uh, the, the business side is quite changed. an honour, really, if you think about it. For anyone to say this is my something, but it pissed me off. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and you let him know it. Yeah. Been on your uh, second tour of the United States for two weeks. How was it? It was very enjoyable. Most enjoyable, yes. Very successful, too. Well, now, uh, that uh, was not true of the first one, was it? Oh, no. But we only came over here on the first one so that we could get ourselves known, so to speak. Uh -huh. And then when we went back, things started happening for us. Well, uh... Why? Why did they start happening? I don't really know. Some something sort of chemical reaction seemed to have happened somewhere. <laughs> what would you say happened? I really don't know. Honestly. <laughs> Hello. Tonight on the Doctor Zeus Film Podcast, we're gonna honor. An icon. I love the Rolling Stones. I don't believe in that. Who's better, the Beatles or the Stones? They're just, they can both exist. And since 1962, they've existed. And today, the heartbeat, for my opinion, the heartbeat of the Rolling Stones died. Charlie Watts. 
Charles Robert Watts, born June 2nd, 1941, in Bloomsbury, London. His origin was Wembley, Middlesex, England. Died today in London, England, August 24th, 2021, at the age of 80. Had just turned 80. The true heartbeat of the Rolling Stones. He kept that time. He was a jazz drummer, having to play with Mick and Keith, Ron Wood, even Brian Jones. There hasn't been a death in the Rolling Stones in a long time. There was Ian Stewart, who died in the 80s, their pianist. And then, of course, Brian Jones in 1969. The Rolling Stones really wanted to just be a blues band. And they were, but they played a different, they played a different kind of rock. Very hard, very edgy, influenced by blues, rhythm and blues, American music. They took what Muddy Waters had done. They took what Elvis had done. Jerry Lee Lewis. Buddy Holly. And they fashioned it into this music. Charlie Watts cited jazz as a major influence on his drumming style. He toured with his own group, the Charlie Watts Quintet and appeared in London as Ronnie Scott's Jazz Club with the Charlie Watts Tenant. He was one of the band's longest-serving members, joining in January of 1963, a little choked up, and remaining a member until his death in 2021. That's a long, long career. Rock and roll. Or as the Stone said, it's only rock and roll, but we like it. Charlie. I had heard that he wasn't well. We all saw the news that he wasn't going to tour with the Stones. And I thought, okay, maybe next time. I had no idea. On October 14th, 1964, he married Shirley Ann Shepard whom he had met before the band became successful. The couple had one daughter, born in 1968, who gave birth to Watts' only grandchild. Charlie Watts was known for his wardrobe. In 2006, Vanity Fair elected Watts into the International Best Dressed List Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. He had a love-hate attitude toward touring, stating in 2003 that he loved playing with Keith Richards in the band, but wasn't interested in being a pop idol sitting there with girls screaming. In a 1996 interview with the Rolling Stone magazine, he said that he had sketched every bed he had slept on while on tour since 1967. Oh my God. (laughs) 
On August 5th, 2021, it was reported that Watts had elected to sit out the resumption of the U.S. no-filter tour due to an unspecified medical procedure and that Steve Jordan would temporarily replace him on drums. There's no replacing Keith or Charlie Watts. What's going to happen? My personal opinion, they're done. They're done. They're done. Charlie was not well. I've talked to people who'd seen them recent. The the band is the band is ready. And now that Charlie is gone. I think it's time. I don't think well they have stated that it would take one of them to die to end the band. It didn't happen the first time with Brian Jones in the 1960s. But I have a very inkling feeling that's going to happen. Sure. They have a tour planned. Probably going to reschedule the tour due to the current climate and the current variant. Charlie Watts. I know that many are heartbroken. I am visibly moved because I love the Stones. I loved them. They were a joy to watch. Watching them, watching them on TV, it's a party. I would have liked to have seen them in concert. Of all the tributes, Keith Richards' tribute is probably the most eloquent, poignant, and emotional. It's a picture of a drum set, and it says closed. Those are Keith's feelings on losing Charlie. So we got to celebrate his life. Unfortunately, we can't play the music. We can't. We can talk about it. That's a long career. That's a long life. In rock and roll, especially. I want to read... What Mick Jagger said, okay, it just says a picture of Charlie. I don't think they were prepared for this. I'm very certain now this is this is the end for the stones. I love how Mary Clayton, you know, Mary Clayton, who did the background and lead for Gimme Shelter, said she called them the rolling somebodies. <laughs> yeah. Formed in 1962. Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Ronnie Wood, Brian Jones, Ian Stewart, Charlie Watts, Bill Wyman, McTaylor. 
The Rolling Stones' estimated record sales of 200 million makes them one of the best-selling music uh, artists of all time. The band has won three Grammy Awards, a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1989 and the UK Music Hall of Fame in 2004. In 2019, Billboard ranked the Rolling Stones second on their list of the greatest artists of all time based on U.S. chart success. I think just to... I I loved hearing Charlie talk. And that clip of Charlie, he just seems so... kind of unaffected by the interviewer. He's like... Where, you know, Mick is like, oh, we think a chemical reaction happened. And then the reporter turns to Charlie. What do you think happened? I really don't know. (laughs) I love that. I love that. They were a brotherhood. They were a brotherhood. He had a drumming style like nobody else. To hear him talk about what it means to be in the stones. Here we go, Charlie, baby. Direction. Uh, Charlie, so uh, here we are about to do an exhibition next year. And this is a band who hasn't typically looked backwards. Ironic that you should be doing this. So why are you doing the exhibition and why now? I think because it's getting me a, a time to do it. It's 50 years. Well, it's more now. We've got an awful lot of stuff. And, uh, and it was offered to us. And the choice of the, what do you call it, venue or whatever they call it in the exhibition world, um, it's a good one, actually. Right? Beautiful. Very much to my surprise. So the Saatchi Gallery, ironically, is on the King's Road, just around the corner from where... Very uh, strange, because it's a very sophisticated space, as we call it in architecture. But, um, and I, I've never, I'd never seen it, really, except when I went there to think... Where, we, where we've had many a, a fun moment on the King's Road, you mean? Yeah, so how was that all those times ago? And you remember that that era and that period? And how ironic is it that you're coming back to do your life story for years think it, later? I think it's very well chosen. The first... No, yes, the first time I played... No, it isn't. OK, the first time I played with the Rolling Stones with Bill Wyman, I think this is right, it was in the King's Road, World's End, Edith Grove, I used to stay with Mick and Keith and Brian there in Edith Grove. And uh, the King's Road is sort of synonymous with that uh, group, uh, you know, that revolution, as they call it, and gown-braided men's clothing. <laughs> Charlie Watch was always dressed to the nine. Here's Charlie Drummond. Correct. With a round badge. Which for those who collect them is quite important. The era I've learned to play, this particular make and drums were like what everybody loved to use. In the early 70s, 
I was doing a session for Ronnie Wood in Los Angeles, and uh, one of his many solo epics. And uh, he hired a drum kit from SIR, and, and the boy that got it, the drum kit, brought this along, which is like his favorite one in the place. And he, he looked after it. And I fell in love with it on those. I used it the whole time on Ronnie's, I've forgotten which one it was, album, but anyway. And, uh, and I've had it ever since, and I use it all the time. Because of how I learned to play and the people I've, I loved when I was young and was learning, because I never learned uh, in, in, uh, in studies or anything. I used to watch people play and copy them. But all those guys were happened to be jazz players, which is what I like. But, uh, but it's very, very important, the ride cymbals, the different sounds and the way you play them. Very important. Whereas in, uh, in rock bands, it, it's not so important. I mean, some really, really great rock drummers, pop guys that play rock and roll, have uh, dreadful sounding cymbals, really. But they don't actually need them, you know? And engineers don't like sit that usually don't like symbols that really ride over everything. I do. But that's the way I play, you know. They don't like that. It's not clean and not you know you, you, you can't control it. Most of these symbols are really old. This one is about 30 years old. Their sound is as so today as Charlie Watts, when it was him describing his drums, here's a drum solo, if we can find it. So we already went over that. Charlie, 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 man. Let's see. That's a ball. There are many, many songs that really kick off that Charlie Watts style. From Get Off of My Cloud to Satisfaction, Gimme Shelter. Honky-tonk woman. Sympathy for the devil. Street fighting man. Motherfuckers. You can't always get what you want. My personal favorite. Can't you hear me knocking? Brown sugar. Beast of burden. You got me rocking. Start me up. 
Look what the cat dragged in. That's a really good track that Charlie plays on. Anybody seen my baby? She's like a rainbow. Painted black. I'm naming I'm naming them all off. Because it doesn't get any better than this. You think of the two drummers of that era, Ringo Starr and Charlie Watts. Ringo's the rock drummer and Charlie's the jazz drummer. Their last album they did Blue and Lonesome, which won them a Grammy. You got Emotional Rescue, She's So Cold. That's such a good song. Heart of Stone, Mother's Little Helper, 19 Nervous Breakdown, Under My Thumb, Ruby Tuesday. Let's Spend the Night Together. Charlie is in full force on these songs. Wild Horses, it's got the symbols. The Last Time, The Last Time is one of my favorites. That's such a bluesy type of song. Sway, You Gotta Move, Bitch, I Got the Blues, Sister Morphine, Dead Flowers, Moonlight Mile. It's only rock and roll, but I like it. I think that's all we can do is listen to the music. Listen to the music and honor him. Talk about him. Talk about those songs. How do those songs make you feel? For me, of course, Jumpin' Jack Flash, because they're all in it together. So let's, I'm, what I'm looking for are the isolated drums. Okay, here we go. Charlie Watts. Because this is Charlie Watts's night. This is his night. We're going to do a little test here. Play like Charlie Watts. Which is- no, I don't want to hear them play like Charlie. I want to hear Charlie. Ah, here we go. I love when people can do this, you know, when you can deconstruct things. I think this is is it. Here we go.
see, this is where maybe I differ from the rest. The fact that like when I'm at home, I pick a book up and play a record, you know, and uh, have a wife and that. It makes you a bit sort of cosy in a way, I suppose, but I like it. I'm, I'm happier at home. I'm happiest at home. You find, therefore, that having the home is in some ways incompatible with being what you are? I don't think it fits in with what I am. That's what it means. It doesn't at all, no. It's Charlie Watts. Ah, here's some more Charlie. You, know, you just like everything. You, know, you never know what's going to happen to you. And you visualize them, but you, you, yeah, you never know. You yeah, never know. I learned that fast, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially with shoes. More so than the, the clothes, really, I've, I've found. But when they get them right, or you most bottom right, when you like them, they are fantastic, and they have a, they have a look about them that yeah. none of you know none of these. Yeah, yeah, I don't have more just regular. Yeah, well, that's right. There's a, a, a famous uh, French, I think, his businessman, who has like 50 navy blue suits, all the same. He has the same shirts as well. He wears one a day. But he goes to the office, not like uh, he goes to the office and all of that. But it's everything is the same. It's fantastic, really. I mean, I would hate that. I'd hate my wardrobe to be like that. I prefer to be like uh, the Prince of Wales, you know, with all these various colours and that. That's the great pleasure I get, you know, opening doors and you've got all these things. Yeah. That's Charlie Watts talking with Scorsese. You can hear Scorsese, obviously, while they were making Shine a Light, 2005-2006. I think everyone just wants to shine a light and share the love. I haven't read a bad or horrible thing said about Charlie Watts. Everyone respected him. Everybody, and I'm talking about everybody, loved him. Everybody. From Ringo Starr, Paul McCartney, Tom Morello, Lars Ulrich, Dave Grohl, Trey Cool, even probably Jason Bonham. So, here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, and there are many films about the Rolling Stones. The most famous... Give Me Shelter A documentary done by the Maisel Brothers Which Highlights the notorious Altamont Speedway Concert that erupted And shaped The end of the 60s To their 2006 Shine a Light Directed by the legendary Martin Scorsese who always Used the Rolling Stones music In his films There isn't a a Scorsese film out there. Well, well, no. Gangs of New York didn't have the Rolling Stones. That would have been funny. You know, I can't get no. Well, Bill the Butcher is cutting people up. Yeah. They were revered on the blues. And Charlie Watts, the jazz man, the drummer, keeping time. Always up there, sometimes smiling, sometimes he's just playing. Dressed to the nines. Sometimes a t-shirt. Sometimes a suit. Yeah. The 
the last album that they did of new material, which was A Bigger Bang in 2005, I think of that because there's so many great moments. There's, of course, um, Look What the Cat Dragged In, My Sweet Neocon. You can hear Charlie, and Charlie is just... I think with Charlie, he he did express that he didn't care if the band ended. He said in terms of the touring, it was grueling, but he loved to make the music. But there was always that talk that if one of them died, well, I think it was really if all of them died, the band would just, that's it. But I think now, with all of the love that's going around... I mean, one of the Everly brothers just died. It was Don Everly. The Beatles, the Rolling Stones, the Who, the Eagles were all influenced by the Everly brothers. There's a really great tribute album done by Billy Joe Armstrong and Nora Jones called Foreverly. It's so beautiful. And and their voices just weave together. So we've lost two. Usually they die in threes. But tonight is all about Charlie Watts of the Rolling Stones. Cool, calm, collected. Except when called mixed drummer. And then he clocked him. And according to the quote, well, this is from Keith Richards' 2010 book, Life, which I had the pleasure to listen to. Narrated by Johnny Depp and Keith Richards. And Keith talks about a night where Mick was drunk or high and said, where's my drummer at? And Charlie got dressed and got his shoes all waxed, went over to Keith's, or not Keith's, Mick's, and knocked on the door and clocked him in the face. Don't ever call me your fucking drummer or you're my fucking singer. But he couldn't say that on 60 Minutes. But it's in the biography. So thank you, Keith Richards. It's the end of an era. These these guys, these girls that make this music that my parents listen to, that I listen to, that the, the generations listen to. We would always joke about the Stones because, you know, they were older than God. Come on. Come on. They're, they were all in their 70s. Charlie was the oldest of them. Charlie had just turned 80. But I don't think anything was going to stop him from playing music. Not even death. So wherever he is, Charlie Watts, thank you. Because it's only rock and roll, but we like it. When I think of Charlie Watts, one thing comes to mind. Well, a few things. Let me just say them. Hey, you, get off of my cloud. That drumming, that intro. The intro to Can't You Hear Me Knocking. And of course, Brown Sugar, Jumpin' Jack Flash, Street Fighting Man, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Yeah. The Rolling Stones. Charlie Watts. Gone, but not forgotten. 
the age of 80. A long life. A very long and, oh my God, not just a career. He That's something he, he loved doing. He loved drumming. He loved it. So eloquent, too. It's just so eloquent to hear him talk about. He, you know, he didn't overstylize it. At the end of the day, he was a jazz drummer. And the longest rock band ever. I mean, I don't think anyone thought they would have ever written it. And the next year they will celebrate their 60th anniversary. But I think we can honestly say now. The clock stopped. And Charlie is forever known as the Rolling Stones drummer. One of the best. Stones were like this freight train. They got that rhythm section. You got Keith. You've got Mick. Bill Wyman. Mick Taylor. Brian Jones. And Mr. Charlie Watts. Keeping it all in time. The true heartbeat of the Rolling Stones. Charlie Watts, this one's for you. And as always, unpleasant dreams. But remember, it's only rock and roll, but I like it.